listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend this past weekend. Got some stuff to go over today. Bachelor episode two tonight. I mean, Bachelorettes. Episode two tonight. Got some stuff to go over in Bachelor Nation. Big Brother last night. I've got some questions. And I don't know if there's answers to them, but I've got questions. And then I might wrap it up today with some sports takes and see how long this other stuff takes us. We will get to that momentarily. Today's podcast brought to you by Dame Products. Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure you can share plus sex that you'll look forward to. Use code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. Also brought to you by Organifi. Go to Organifi.com slash REALITYSTEVE. Use code REALITYSTEVE for 20% off your next order. Organifi is a superfood blend that tastes amazing and makes it easier for anyone to choose their own health every day. And it's also brought to you by Trivia Star. Go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star, the number one trivia game in the Apple or Google Store. So let's get talking about tonight's episode of The Bachelorette, the largest group date in history. I'm assuming that means 27 men on it because we got 29 guys left on the show and there's two one-on-ones. Rachel goes on a one-on-one with Jordan V on a zero-G date, same exact date that Nick Vile went on with Vanessa. And the one where like she threw up and then never everyone made fun of him because he kissed her afterwards. Like, oh, you just kissed a girl who threw up. And then Gabby has a one-on-one, I believe with, is it with Nate? I'm pretty sure it's with Nate. I think so. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think, I believe it's with Nate. <laughs> Uh, and then I guess that means 27 men are on the one-on-one, which is just a ridiculous amount. Some swimsuit competition and whatnot. So we'll see uh, that all play out tonight. As we know, Nate and, uh, you know, well, Nate, like I said, Nate, I'm pretty sure it's Nate. And then Jordan V, the guy, the race car guy, he gets the zero G date with Rachel. And for those that don't know, um, just so you know this going forward with this particular podcast, this daily roundup, I record these the night before. So usually around nine or 10 central time. So if I go to bed and cause this is done recording and it's set to go. And now on this new um, podcast partner that I'm with, I can schedule my podcast to be released at a certain time. So I record this thing, I get everything ready to go and I put it in and I have my, podcast set to post at 745 central time every morning. Now that's when it uploads. Not everybody gets theirs in their feed on Apple podcasts. Mine hasn't been showing up till about right around between 757 and eight o'clock. So it takes 10 or 12 minutes, but it's in there at 745 for some people because I I see some downloads have already happened at 746. So, but I usually don't see it in my feed till about 740, 57, eight o'clock. So if anything happens to break overnight, just know that that's why I don't cover it in this podcast. I'm not saying anything broke last night, but just so you know, I just wanted to get uh, make that known uh, to people. And I find it interesting that um, it's just something that I don't know if people knew or cared about. But yeah, I record this every night, usually between 9 and 10 Central Time. And my podcast is now on a basically an automatic timer. When I upload it, I say, post this. This, you know, next day, 7.45 a.m. Central. So 
For those that don't know the time zones in this country, that means it's going to be up earliest, 8.45 a.m. Eastern, 7.45 a.m. Central, 6.45 a.m. Mountain, and 5.45 a.m. Pacific. So it's there before 10 o'clock for all of you. And before not, excuse me, before nine o'clock for all of you. And, but yeah, like I said, it doesn't load sometimes until about 10 or 15 minutes after that 745 upload to Apple. Some things in Bachelor Nation that I wanted to go over. Number one, Matt and Rachel are still together and they travel a lot and they post a lot of stuff. And I've always found this interesting because I would think, you know, after all the stuff that went down on their season and then afterwards, remember, I was the one who Grace came to, this woman in Florida that said Matt tried to hook up with her two days before Rachel was set to fly to New York to spend a few days with Matt. And at that time, I was like, there's no way Matt and Rachel are going to make it. He's, he's playing Rachel. But, and I've said this ever since then, I give Matt all the credit in the world. Because Rachel called him out for the Grace stuff. Like, I had Grace on. She put her name behind it, and it was all true. And if you read between the lines on any interview that Matt and Rachel has done, without naming Grace by name, Matt essentially said, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing if I was really serious about Rachel. So it was all true. But Matt came forward, and Rachel said, look, if we're going to do this, I'm going to be, you know, top priority. This isn't like, we can't make this work if you're still playing the field, essentially. And she said she essentially gave him an ultimatum. And ever since then, you know, we only know what they give us on Instagram, but it seems like things are going well between them and been together over a year now. And um, it's just, when you look back on it, <laughs> whoever thought that Matt James would still be with Rachel after everything they had to deal with during the season with the uh, Annabellum party for her and then everything at the after the final rose with the accusations and just all this stuff. And then post-show, the Grace situation, which was real. And yet they've strived, and good for them. And doesn't seem like they're in any sort of hurry. They spend all their time together. Like, I don't know anything more than you do about their relationship other than what they give us on Instagram. And as we know, Instagram is a, a just a glimpse into people's relationships. It doesn't mean everything. But, yeah, uh, good for them. I'm glad they've worked it out. I'm glad she called him out on his shit, and he's been a man about it, and so far, so good. The other Bachelor Nation news from this past weekend, our boy Jed, Jed Wyatt, gets engaged to his girlfriend. I believe he's been with her over a year now, right? It's around over a year. I don't know the exact date, but I'm sure it seems like they've been together for a while now. They got engaged. The only thing I want to know, I know nothing about Jed's engagement. I know nothing about this woman that he's engaged to, his fiance. I don't follow either of them on Instagram. All I want to know is this. At some point during the engagement, did Jed ask her or give her a note that said, want to make out? Yes or no? That's all I want to know. Did he send her that note? If you follow this podcast long enough, and you were around when all that stuff went down, you'll know exactly what that joke was about. If not, that completely went over your head. Sorry. Anything else going on in Imagination? Um, no, you know what? I, we're not going to talk about the Nick, Natalie, and Rachel. No, Nick, 
Natalie and Rachel, Nick, Natalie and Katie stuff uh, anymore or the clickbait stuff. I gave you my opinions on all those in terms of what they said and what they did. You know what it is. If they come back and respond this week, then yeah, I'm sure myself and, and, and Dave and Game of Roses and other people are going to cover it again because they are going to continue to talk about it. But I'm really curious to see how, if clickbait even covers the fact that they did no homework when going over the Nick, Natalie, and Katie situation, and if Nick addresses the hypocrisy of him and his girlfriend calling out Katie for something pretty relevant. All I know about Nick Vile is he always wants the last word. So I don't think that he's going to take the beating that he did online from myself, from Dave, from commenters, and just think. And put it this way. There is no way, no way Nick Vile's response to all this will be, you know what? I completely fucked up that situation. Never should have talked about it. Katie was right. It was wrong of me to do that. No way. I'm sorry. I know that's not coming out of his mouth. So you can only imagine what the what will. Anyway, but my my biggest thing is let's just hold podcasts accountable because clearly the Bachelor Nation franchise that puts out these podcasts. Nick isn't part of it. Nick has his own. Like I said, he's part of cast media, but the clickbait and Bachelor Happy Hour and Mike and Brian's show talking it out. You know, if they do something or say something problematic, who's holding them accountable? Doesn't seem like the show sure is. Like, does the show care that clickbait did no homework and threw out a bunch of random opinions and accusations that just didn't happen? Do they care that they handled the Katie situation that way and they came after Katie? Probably not. The only way that I would seem that they would care is if clickbait came on their podcast this week and said, you know what, we really covered that poorly. And again, I don't see them doing that. A lot of these people can't admit wrongdoing. It's okay to admit wrongdoing. I've done it. I've lost track of how many times I've admitted I've been wrong about something on this podcast or in my column over the last five years or so. It happens. You're not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's okay to be like, you know what? I didn't give that subject matter the attention I should have. I didn't give that subject matter the detail-oriented it was detailed that I didn't pay attention to, and I should have. That was a mistake on my part. That's what these people should be saying this week, and I guarantee they probably won't, and that sucks. So if they don't do it, myself, Dave, Game of Roses, other podcasts, whoever, needs to hold them accountable. Commenters needs to hold them accountable, because if they don't, then they're just going to keep doing whatever they do. Big Brother last night. Wow. Wow. Okay, here I've got a couple questions here. On Thursday, we got the beginning of the challenge for this week, the HOH challenge, the obstacle course. And seven people went up against, it was seven one-on-one matches, and we had seven winners. Jasmine was one of the winners. However, I'm sure you've seen the footage. I went back and watched it both online and on a 70-inch HD TV. It clearly looked to me that Jasmine's foot touched the ground at the end of that obstacle course. No? Did I miss something here? Why was Jasmine not told to go back to the start? And why was it just given to her that she won? Even when they came back from commercial break, because remember, after she won, she stepped off the ledge and she rolled her ankle. 
But then they went to commercial break. They came back from commercial break, and Julie said we checked the tapes. What? Were they looking at the same tapes that we were? I'm sorry, because to me, it looked like Jasmine touched the ground. So I'm confused. Because that ultimately led to the second half of the HOH challenge, which was pie-eating contest, and Jasmine wins. So she's HOH. Now, I don't know who won power veto. I think that's already happened. Hasn't it already happened? I don't know the exact days all this shit goes down, other than I know that Thursdays is the live show. And then what we see on Sunday is everything that's happened from Thursday to Sunday. But by the time Sunday rolls around, I think they've already done HOH and uh, power veto. Whatever the case, don't tell me who won power veto. I don't know. But to me, Jasmine shouldn't have been competing in the second half of the HOH challenge because she fell off the ledge. And her foot touched the ground. So I don't really get it. Now, my second question is, was the second half of the HOH challenge originally supposed to be a pie-eating contest? I thought it was just going to be run back the obstacle course with new pairings. Was it changed because Jasmine clearly couldn't compete and they didn't want to have someone who won the first half not have a chance at winning HOH because clearly she couldn't have competed in the obstacle course with a rolled ankle. Does anybody know? I don't even know. This might be a question that we can never have answered because they won't address something like this. But maybe maybe it was already set out that there was going to be two parts to this HOH competition. I don't know. I I haven't been watching. you got to remember, I'm somewhat of a rookie when it comes to Big Brother. I only started watching season 20 at season 21. I had never watched it before that other than the celebrity seasons. But in the three seasons that I've watched, including the celebrity in four seasons, whatever, how many ever it is, 21, 22, 23, and two celebrity seasons. So five seasons or six, three celebrity seasons, five seasons, six seasons. God, I can't add. So in the six seasons that I've watched, I've always thought that the HOH competition, especially in the early going episode two, our second HOH competition, I don't remember them being multi-layered, where we're going to do this, but then if you win this first half, you get to a second half, which is a completely different challenge. I've seen first halves where it's like, you know, win your heat, get to the finals, and then compete in the same competition. So I'm just wondering if because Jasmine rolled her ankle and we clearly know she couldn't have competed in a second obstacle course, was it changed because of her injury? And I guess maybe that's something. Maybe the diehards know the answer to that question. Then there actually is an answer to this question. But maybe there isn't. I don't really know. I want to end with a couple sports things today. The British Open. The Open Championship was this past weekend. Again, I'm talking golf. Probably the last time I talk golf until the Masters next April. But unless something happens with the Live Tour again. But look, I'm a golf fan. I watch the majors. I just I for the life of me, I can never get into the open. I just can't this isn't I understand that these courses are historic and they're full of tradition. Yeah, they're also ugly as sin. Every single hole looks the same. There's nothing interesting about the Open Championship. You compare that track yesterday to Augusta, to TPC, to any U.S. Open course, Beth Page Black, Whistling Straits. I mean, it, come on. 
That course is a joke. Every hole looks the same. Every You can't even tell what's the difference between the fairway and the green. If you've ever played golf, you know that, that it's just not an a, an aesthetically pleasing course. And look, I'm not I'm not saying that oh my god, Scotland sucks. And I'm not saying oh my god, you know, St Andrews is a joke. I'm saying I'm just talking about the actual 18 holes. It doesn't come across well on television. Every hole looks the same, and if there's no weather, which there wasn't this weekend, those pros absolutely destroy the course. That wasn't a major championship. I mean, it was in terms of semantics, but come on. And hey, you can say all you want about Rory, whatever you want to say. He choked. He had a four-stroke lead to start the day. He had a three-stroke lead starting the back nine. But when your opponent shoots 30 on the back nine, including five straight birdies to start the back nine, Rory didn't lose it. Cam Smith won it. I don't fault Rory. You know Rory hit every fairway yesterday? 18 for 18? And he also went two-putt on all 18 holes. Like, here, Here's a little thing that I could tell you about golf, okay? Every one of these guys can hit the ball a mile. And every one of these guys can hit irons and do things with irons that you can never... It's the reason they're pros. On any given week in golf, it all comes down to putting. That's it. It comes down to who gets hot... And not even for one round. It's uh, you know, it's it's who over the course of four days putts the best because they can all hit it pretty much the same. Yeah, you've got your longer hitters, but I'm talking about when it comes down to it, it's based on your score. Your score is going to be determined by your putting. And the bottom line is Rory putted terribly yesterday. Cam Smith had a 64 on Friday, then came back with a 73 on Saturday and couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a putt, and then comes back Sunday. And hits every putt. I think he had 18 putts yesterday. And shoots a 64 in the final round. Like, the guy went out and won the tournament. Props to Cam Smith, because that was not easy to do. But don't say that Rory choked or whatever. He didn't. He had a Sunday where things just didn't fall for him. You saw his putts. Just couldn't make one. It happens. Golf is all about putting. For the pros, it is. Because that's really all it comes down to. Rory makes one or two more putts. He's in a playoff or he wins the thing. God, it's funny. He didn't even end up finishing second. He ended up finishing third. Two birdies, 16 pars, and hit every fairway in regulation. If Rory was spraying the ball all over the course and he was hitting out of the gorse and hitting out of the giant pot bunkers all day and scrambling, then you could say, man, he just didn't have it on Sunday. The only thing he didn't have yesterday was his putter. Just couldn't make one. And Cam Smith made everything. So congratulations to Cam Smith. Uh, a great tournament for him, especially coming off a of 73 on Saturday. Whoever thought that after he posts a 64 on Friday, you're like, oh, wow, Cam Smith is in this thing. And then he blows up with a 73 on Saturday, even though that's only one over. But in this tournament, you're losing strokes to the field shooting a 73. And then he comes back on Sunday with an eight under, including five birdies in a row on the back nine of a Sunday of a major. Are you kidding me? All the credit in the world to Cam Smith. Anyway, that's my golf take for today. I promise you're probably not going to get a golf take, like I said, until the Masters of next year. But thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'm loving this daily roundup. I hope you are too. Hope you had a great weekend, and we will talk to you tomorrow. See you.